Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Linda Ronstadt, The Sound of My Voice, is a love song to one of the most memorably stunning voices that has ever hit the airwaves, Linda Ronstadt. She burst into the 1960s folk rock music scene in her early 20s as the lead singer for the band Stone Ponies. Ronstadt eventually branched out to begin her decades-long career as a solo artist touring the world at selling out stadiums and at one point setting the record as the highest-paid female artist in rock. And in this new film, Linda Ronstadt, The Sound of My Voice, this beguiling and endearing new documentary film by co-directors Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman, You Will Be Won Over. And with that, I want to welcome to the program the co-directors Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman. Gentlemen, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, um, I will start with, um, I'll start with you, uh, Rob Epstein. Uh, What was it? about now, today, that uh, you sort of galvanized around this idea of doing a documentary about the great Linda Ronstadt? We actually started uh, in 2015, or came up with the idea of doing the documentary in 2015, after hearing Linda on the radio. She was being interviewed by Terry Gross on Fresh Air when her book, her autobiography, Simple Dreams, came out. And I was always a fan, not a diehard fan. I don't think I had ever really heard her being interviewed before, but I was so captivated by her telling of her own story and her sense of humor and her intelligence. And uh, reading the book only confirmed all of that and more. And thought, you know, this, this would be a great film and would love to do it. So uh, we wrote Linda a letter, and unfortunately she turned us down, and we wrote Linda another letter, and she still turned us down, and uh, third time, she still turned us down, but then she agreed to meet, and after that meeting, we were somehow able to convince her that this would be a good idea. Jeffrey Friedman, what was her reticence? Where where was that coming from in terms of her um, not turning you down the first couple of times? Uh, Linda's not somebody who looks back uh, and she doesn't rest on her laurels in any way. I think, you know, she just didn't find it interesting. She told us that thinking about her past made her bored to delirium. (laughs) Uh, She was never somebody who sought the spotlight. She was not interested in celebrity at all. Um, She just, you know, she just loved the music and she loved to sing. And... You know, that's, I think that's what, that's still, that still is is the primary um, love of her, of her life culturally. And, she, you know, she likes to listen to music. Now she likes to, she listens to other people's music. Um, but, you know, she's just, she's just not somebody who's, who's interested in um, kind of the, the external trappings of success. In your conversations with her during this period of time when you're feeling around as far as doing this documentary or being a part of doing this documentary, did you feel like she, once she 
sort of agreed or whatever the whatever that arrangement looked like uh how did she how did she react once she got into uh being a part of this and um jeffrey if you want to pick that up well she, she our, our agreement with linda was that she did not we would not um require her to participate actively she didn't want to be interviewed on camera mm-hmm. uh you know she basically said once she finally relented and agreed to let us do the documentary, it was kind of, you know, okay, go do your thing. Um, so it really wasn't until we were well underway that we, we, we were able to do uh, some brief audio interviews with her. And, it, and we were almost finished editing the film, literally weeks from uh, locking picture that she agreed to uh, invite our, our crew to uh, join her on a trip she had planned to, to Mexico, to her ancestral home in Mexico. Um, so that was a, a very brief moment when we were able to film with her. But her, you know, her participation was really just in um, giving us her blessing. Yeah. Rob Epstein. And giving us her archive and eventually... We were able to get access to her personal archive of, of photos and concert footage, which was a treasure trove. Yeah, it's an ama- It's really the the material that's in the film is really great. <laughs> Not only is it great, but it's also so illuminating about her as an artist. She just comes across as a terrific person, Rob. Uh, Epstein, for those who are, are weren't around for the '60s and '70s and '80s, when when she was really, um, you know, the preeminent, certainly preeminent female um, uh, artist uh, in that period of time, in terms of uh, her accomplishments as as uh, as as a singer, tell us a little bit about her, uh, sort of to give our audience some some idea of where she came from and and how she got to where she ended up. Well, big picture, she was one of the biggest stars of the last 50 years, and she excelled in every form of music that she took on, starting with uh, folk music, and then country, and then uh, rock, and then went on to to take conquer standards and ballads and operetta and mariachi music, which took her full circle to her own musical roots growing up in Arizona, very close to the border. And her her family lineage is uh, Mexican, and that was very much part of her growing up experience. So she grew up in a very musical household. Uh, as she said, they sang all the time, whether they were washing dishes or driving in a car. The family was always, was always music uh, going on between them, and and listening to all different kinds of music, which eventually just filtered in, factored in to all of her musical choices. It was really her adventurous spirit. She had a very adventurous spirit, and those drove her to make what were, at the time, were considered unpredictable choices. Uh, her When she was a huge pop star and decided to veer off and do standards, her record label freaked out, and they, they really didn't want her to mess with a good thing, but she never compromised her own instincts, and those served her well. I'm thinking back on that period of time, and I'm hard-pressed to think of 
female rock stars beyond like Janis Joplin. <clears throat> and I'm um, trying to think of anyone who sort of approaches <clears throat> Linda Ronstadt's stature or her ability to, uh, to sell records uh, at, at, during that period of time. Am I, who am I missing? Jan, Janis Joplin, Grace Slick maybe from the Jefferson Airplane. Um, yeah. But they weren't known as Grace Slick. They, Janis Joplin certainly was known as a, as a solo artist, but there aren't many, Right. Yeah, Linda was Linda was unique, and she's you know she sold an unbelievable number of records, like a hundred million <laughs> records, um, you know, multiple Grammys, platinum records. Uh, she was the first female pop star to sell out big arenas, um, as Bonnie Raitt says in the film. She was the Beyonce of her day. She was really um, she was really one of a kind. Yeah, and you know she stopped. She stopped singing in 2009, and now, you know, there is a generation or more that doesn't know who she is or really isn't aware of her work. So yeah, that's that's part of why we wanted to make the film. I, I want to remind her. Go ahead, go ahead, Rob. I was just going to say, I think what also makes her exceptional from those other singers who are you know astounding singers um, is her longevity. The fact that she really, uh, well, first of all, that she survived, and she survived in, in a way that never, she just she just held on to her personhood, and that served her well. Throughout all of her successes and career iterations, she always maintained herself as a person and never had never had any interest in creating a personality. She just was very down-to-earth and matter of fact, and it was always about the music, pure and simple. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with the co-directors of the new documentary film called Linda Ronstadt, The Sound of My Voice, and that would be Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman. And uh, yeah, absolutely, I want to just kind of focus on this because she didn't just have one or two big records, which often happens. Somebody will do really well for two, maybe three albums. And then there's a, I don't know, there's a sort of fatigue in the audience or they start to, you know, they the quality of the work starts to suffer. Whatever the vagaries of being a rock star are, uh, they, they generally happen after a couple, maybe three albums. She had five multi-platinum records in a row. And even as she was branching out into these other aspects of what she considered to be her, you know, her, her passions, which were opera, jazz... Mexican folk music, the classics and all that. She continued to sell exceedingly well. In fact, her Mexican folk album is the largest selling album of traditional Mexican music of all time. There's just so many things that she did where she just set a standard for for whatever whoever followed her uh, to try and and meet. And um and so she, she not only had the talent but she had wonderful instincts, despite the fact that she may be being, being told by people in the industry that she shouldn't do it. And I think the thing that comes across for me in watching Linda Ronstead, The Sound of My Voice, is her personality, her presence, her grounding as a person. And it comes across in all kinds of different ways watching this film. 
And I just think it's such an enjoyable watch for for that reason alone. And you throw in all the great music, but is this uh, is this sound fair to you? Let's uh, Jeffrey, is, is that sound about right? Yeah, and I think you know, I think you, you sort of honed in on um, the quality that makes her special, which is just her uh, her groundedness and her authenticity, that her her realness really always comes through certainly when when she's speaking and she you know she she'll she'll voice opinions on politics of the day or the politics of rock and roll you know and and it's just she's just such she's just such a real grounded um down-to-earth person and i think that quality also permeates her music and it's it may be the the one quality that really um, makes audiences connect with her, no matter what she's singing, because you know, at the heart, at the height of her insane success, she just she just moved on into these other other realms, uh, as you mentioned, American standards and um, and uh, and operetta. I mean, you know what what. What rock star do you know who can who can sing coloratura soprano? Uh, and she managed to to bring her all you know her previous fans and audiences with her and introduce them to new kinds of music. She is a, a proponent of um, Mexican canciones, you know, before uh, before the, the the craze for world music took off. But I think in each of these, you just see her, her spirit, her beautiful spirit coming through, and I think that's what that's what people respond to. There's such a warmth in her, in, in and that's that's the thing, the warmth of it all. Well, Rob, I want to talk a little bit about the people as well that she brought along with her. One of the things that's evident in the telling of her story is how she was such a w- willing collaborator from the very beginning she uh jim um what's uh, kimmel bobby kimmel which she met early on in her career kenny edwards who she met early in her career the people that that, that she don henley and glenn fry uh there's so many people that uh wadi Wachtel, and how many of those people were, have were with her through many phases of her career that's the thing that it, it for, go ahead who else yeah, and then I was going to say, and then on with uh, Dolly Parton and 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 Emily Harris, the porn yeah. trio, and and how, and how everyone again that just says so much about her as a person. I think I really want people to come away from our conversation. Is you may be familiar with Linda Ronstadt's music, you may not be, and you will be entranced one way or the other, whether you are familiar or not. You'll be either reacquainted or you will, you know, you will discover her but it's the sort of her presence and these conversations that we see in clips and then uh, towards the end of the film we we see her speaking frankly about politics and and all these different things that are so uh beguiling i guess that's the word i, I you know she's a beguiling person to be around and i it's the thing that i think people are going to remember about uh, this film linda ronstadt the sound of my voice and that 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 title has two purposes the sound of her singing voice but it's also the sound of her as a person and um yeah is that 
Yeah, and I, th- I think you nailed it, and I think that's what really drew us to to want to do to tell the story and to make the film. Uh, as much as the music was uh, intoxicating, we were so drawn by Linda as a person and and everything, every uh, her great spirit, and that's what we wanted to really pay tribute to. Well. It is an absolutely wonderful film, and um, it is opening uh, today, Friday, September 6th, here in Los Angeles. Um, I want to make sure I get the right theaters that it is opening up here. Um, are Are you in town for any Q&As, uh, by the way? We, James Keach, the producer, will be at Q&As this weekend, okay. and it's opening at the Arclight and the uh, Landmark. Right. It's opening at the Arclight Hollywood. That's on Sunset Boulevard, the landmark, which is at West Pico. It's also opening up in the AMC Rolling Hills 20 and the Regency Director's Cut Cinema here in Orange County in, at the, uh, at, uh, in Laguna Niguel. So it's there. And you can go to find out more about the film. You can go to your website uh, for um, the director's website here, tellingpictures.com. We'll tell you all you need to know about the film where it'll be screening and more about your own work, which is... Also, lindaronstatmovie.com. Okay, okay, lindaronstatmovie.com. Thank you for that. Uh, Before I let you go, I want to just acknowledge your your, uh, filmology here, Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman, responsible for such documentaries at the times of Harvey Milk, The Celluloid Closet, Common Thread Stories from the Quilt, Howl, Loveless, and then I mentioned Endgame, which is a terrific uh, short film that was nominated for an Academy Award last year. It's an incredible body of work, and my congratulations to you for that and for Linda Ronstadt, The Sound of My Voice. Jeffrey. Thanks, Mike. Jeffrey, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we, thank you. You're very welcome. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.